0: This episode of Black Equity Podcast is brought to you by Sip and Share Wines. Head over to sipandsharewines.com to learn more. Black Equity listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Black Equity Podcast. This is the beginning of a new week, so that means we have to bring you the best information possible so you can pick up the wisdom for your week. For those that are driving, for those who are uh, listening to this in your home, we thank you for listening to the Black Equity Podcast. Make sure you're telling your friends about us because every single person that comes in contact with this podcast, they become transformed and they understand, hey, this is what's happening uh, around me. I'm not out the loop anymore. I'm able to really see what's happening in black culture. Not all that fluff, not all that other stuff that people are talking about. This is the real. So thank you for listening to Black Equity Podcast. Continue sharing, uh, liking and subscribing to the Black Equity Podcast. If it wouldn't trouble you, head over to the uh, Apple iTunes page and leave us a review. Let us know what you think and then also become a Black Equity Insider by going to our Instagram at Black Equity Network. Once again, that's at Black Equity Network on Instagram, click on the link in bio, and you can see all the different podcasts that we uh, promote and we talk about, and also you can become an insider. So without further ado, let's get to this episode. Uh, here, we're going to be talking about um, a really great topic that I've wanted to talk about for quite some time, uh, Africa. I want to talk about you know, what is really going on and why don't we have the information needed, Uh, about the country and the the continent uh, that we all know that we have some type of roots from one way or another. So let's learn and let's connect with someone who has more insight than us. That's the best way to get the wisdom is to find someone who already has the insight. So let's get to it and let's have this deeper conversation uh, about Africa and possibly being one of the wealthiest places in the world. Hello Black Equity listeners, welcome to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. I am here today to have a conversation uh, that I've been wanting to have for quite some time. Uh, Finding the right people to have this conversation with has been difficult, Uh, but I was able a few weeks ago to speak with Bayo from Innovate for Africa, and I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, Bayo, are you there?
1: Yes, I am here, DJ. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming on Black Equity Podcast. Uh, just go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background uh, and your organization.
1: All right. So uh, my name is Bayo. And, uh, you know, I was originally born, I was born in Nigeria and uh, West Africa. And I moved uh, moved to the States uh, about two decades ago. Um so you know did i guess most of uh you know some of my teenage years here and uh went to school here as well, so I went to college out here uh you know and uh, as every college student uh you know my hope was after I graduated to get a job you know uh, in, a, in in a very cool silicon valley uh company or startup and uh, right after college, uh, that's what happened. You know, so I worked uh, on a couple of projects. I worked on uh, some startups. I worked with some startups. Uh, then right after that, I, I went on and worked at PayPal in San Jose for six years. So at PayPal, I worked in uh, so many different like multiple projects from, uh, you know, working with, uh, merchants in, uh, in Latin America, you know, to merchants in Asia, you know, to, uh, some in Europe and also just, uh, working with them to, uh, to integrate PayPal into their, you know, into their solutions, into their uh, into their systems and accepting, uh, using PayPal to accept payments. And, uh, I also was very instrumental in, uh, PayPal's, uh, uh, you know, offline uh, product rollout uh, back in 2012 uh, when uh, Square came out with the card reader uh, thing, and PayPal also rolled out a, a product, a solution called PayPal Here, and I was actually part of, part of the uh, the team that helped with that with that rollout. So you know, after that, after working at PayPal for about six years, and I just felt like uh, you know I needed to do more. I needed to uh, just uh, uh, just Focus on, on on empowering or showcasing Africa, you know, uh, as a whole. You know, from a, from a technology standpoint, from a media standpoint, from a, from a narrative standpoint. You know, I, I think Africa has gotten a, a, a bad a bad rap. Uh, you know, from from the you know the mainstream media uh, and their their uh, how they portrayed uh, the continent. Yeah, Africa is typically portrayed as a place of, you know, diseases and poverty and, uh, you know, uh, lack of development. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying some of these things do not exist over there. They do, but also uh, there is the you know uh, innovative Africa. There's a financially uh, you know tech savvy Africa. There is a very developed Africa, and unfortunately these stories are ne- not being told. You know, you know the stories that are being told are the negative uh, sides of Africa, and that's why our goal, our mission, our aim is to uh, first of all change these negative narratives, and second uh showcase uh the african innovations and the entrepreneurs and startups and businesses and also uh finally connect uh you know people or you know africans in africa in diaspora you know with the continent and all the business opportunities that actually exist on the continent and so and when i say africans you know in africa and africans abroad you know abroad i mean like in its entirety totality you know whether you're black in the caribbean in europe in america you know you're part of the african you know uh uh the, the african diaspora so that's uh that's the goal of our innovate for africa uh initiative
0: now you were telling me previously um what is the percentage of of the natural resources uh in the world for africa
1: yeah so uh africa africa has 30 percent of the world's natural resources africa is the wealthiest continent on the planet and in fact uh you know for some crazy reason you know africa is also the poorest continent in the world Yeah. You know, so uh, something is definitely not right, you know. When you look at a, a continent that has the the, the largest deposits of mineral resources and also the, the the wealthiest in terms of resources, but yet uh, that continent is the poorest, then something is definitely you know not 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 right. And there is another you know another stat: uh, uh, Republic of Congo, Democratic Repo- Republic of Congo. That country is, I, I think, probably if not top five, but top 10 wealthiest nations on earth. You know, but the Democratic Republic of Congo is actually the second poorest nation
0: hmm. in the world. Isn't that something? So the wealthiest area in the world is being told to everyone over here that it is the poorest. Yes, how do you go from number one all the way down mm-hmm. to whatever the, the lowest number would be? I could see if it was off maybe, you know, two or three slots. You know, if it's the wealthiest, maybe people lie and say, no, it's only number 10. Yeah. But literally they put them, they put Africa, they put these different countries in Africa at the bottom of the list, but yet it's the wealthiest.
1: Yes. So I, I think, you know, and that's when that comes with the narrative. Who's telling the story? and what's the what's their motive right for the longest uh the 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 western media you know uh, they've controlled that global narrative you know they put out whatever whatever they want to put out and they twist the stories how they want to twist it because you know at the end of the day they have a they have an agenda right so they're telling the story from a from a from an actual monetary perspective. You know, saying, well, you know, if you were to look at uh, Republic of Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, um, they don't have that much capital. They don't have that much. The GDP is nothing compared to all the other countries in the world. And yes, you know, that may be true. But then when you look at the natural resources that they have, you know, it's in excess of twenty four trillion dollars. That's way higher. That's higher than America's annual GDP. Right. You know, so, and, and this is a country where you have uh, diamonds, you have tin, you have cobalt, you have gold, you know. So apparently there's so many other nations. When I say nations, I mean, Western nations just profiting off of these countries. Now they're getting rich and they're getting wealthy while these countries are basically just there. And uh, you know, the, and they have certain certain machineries in place, certain agents in place, to just to make sure and ensure that this countries don't necessarily, you know, don't don't necessarily rise up, you know, to 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 their, you know, to their um to their true potentials. Because now if those countries rise up to their true potentials, then it's going to be difficult for these countries to get exploited. And, and, you know, the West will no longer be able to exploit these nations. So the goal is, well, you know, how do we keep the sleeping giant? How do we keep it asleep? Let's just make sure, whatever it is we can do, let's make sure that that continent stays asleep while we extort while we explore the resources, and while we, you know, you know, why we we'll, we take all the resources and enrich our own individual countries in other parts of the world, so that's exactly what's going on in Africa.
0: And so there is an opportunity for investors who are listening. There's an opportunity for us here in America, to or I'm sorry, North America of uh, united states to invest and to uh put our time and our resources in certain parts within uh within countries within africa is that correct
1: absolutely absolutely africa is has the top six has this i think has six of the top 10 fastest growing economies in the world in the world you know we're talking about ghana we're talking about rwanda the the amazing thing is uh, not too long ago, Rwanda, the only thing people knew about Rwanda was the genocide.
0: yep
1: Rwanda is changed a whole lot, a whole lot you know the, country, I mean, it's the one of the cleanest
0: cities in the world,
1: yes, it is one of the cleanest cities Kigali, one of the cleanest cities, actually one of the cleanest countries you right. know it, it's it's amazing, it's amazing and and you know i i i I say this right the people the same people that tell us that. Africa isn't anything, Africa is trash, Africa is not worth visiting, are the same people that have pitched their tents in Africa and not called it home. You know, yeah. so we here uh, go by the negative narrative of Africa and we just sit here and not do anything 20, 30 years from now, uh, they will be controlling Africa.
0: Exactly. And so here's our opportunity uh, with this conversation and many others to come is to bridge that gap. And that's what your organization is trying to do is figure out, well, how do we bridge that gap and how do we innovate for Africa? How do we invest in Africa and uh, be a part of that movement? Correct.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, I would always say this for the longest. Right. Uh, I mean, the the opportunities are there. The opportunities are there. Africa has close to one point three billion people. Right. And that's, I mean, if we were to treat it as a country, that would be the third largest country in the world. Again, Africa is not a country, but I'm saying if we were to categorize it as a country, you know, uh, that would be right after India. You know, so that's a huge potential. And Africa has the youngest population in the world. The average age is 18 years old. Mm, mm, mm. So in the next couple of years or maybe a, maybe a few decades from now, majority of the global workforce will be from Africa. Right. You know, so and, and the goal is we cannot we uh, when I say we I mean, just all, all you know, all just blacks in general whether you're in Africa or anywhere in the world we can just sit idle and and and, and just listen to the negative narrative that has been told about Africa again i'm not saying that africa doesn't have its you know challenges there are challenges everywhere you know in fact I, I was i was looking at something i can't remember it was some um I went to an event, a conference, and this guy had a couple of photos on, on the screen and he was having people identify, try to guess where those places were, you know, and he showed some really, uh, you know, uh, some not too nice places in, in the U.S. and people thought it was Africa. And then this, he showed some really nice places and people thought it was like Germany and Paris and, uh, the you, you know, the U.S. or England. But the funny thing is those places were actually in Africa. <laughs> And the 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 not too nice areas are actually in the West. So there is the misconception of what Africa really is. And our goal is to help people see that look, there's more to Africa than what you hear on TV, what you hear in the you know on, on the news, what the mainstream media tell you about Africa. Africa is a booming economy. Africa has a lot of opportunities. Africa is open for business. And there's so many technology innovators, entrepreneurs. Out there working and just making sure that they redefine what Africa is, you know, and how the world sees Africa.
0: And so how long ago did you start your organization to begin this, this journey and to, to begin this uh, innovation?
1: So I've, I've always been passionate. Uh, to, be, uh, to be honest,
0: I've always been passionate
1: about the African economy because um, I, I just I, I just believe I believe in it. Uh, I, and maybe that's a little bit of a bias there because I was born there, maybe that. Right. Uh, but also just me seeing the, the just the talent and the resources out there. And, you know, every time I go, I'm just always like I, I'm always amazed as uh, the things happening. In fact, a couple of, a uh, couple of months ago, I was in, I was in Nigeria, I was in Ghana. So I met a couple of uh, uh, students from Columbia, Columbia university, uh, some grad students. Uh, they were doing a, a uh, I guess it was like a study abroad uh, type of thing, you know, so I engaged them in a the conversation. Because you know, there's been this whole, uh, traditionally the, the, when people do a study abroad uh program, especially when they go to Africa, there's the mindset that we're going to teach them something, you know, not necessarily, oh, we're going to learn from these folks. You know, so, Mm. you know, I I sat with those uh, uh, students from Colombia and, uh, you know, I just wanted to know what's, you know, what's their mission, what's their goal, you know, what's the strategy, and I was just amazed, you know, by the, you know, the conversation I had with them and they were so, and you know, the response was, oh my God, these guys are just amazing. Like they're so, they are so smart, intelligent people. Like, in fact, there's nothing, we can't even add anything to what they're doing. So we just yeah. have to sit there and learn from them. And I feel like that's how a study abroad, you know, uh initiative or program. That's what it should look like. It's not the mentality, it shouldn't be the mentality of let me go teach them something. It should be more so let me go learn how these guys are doing things. And so, yeah, there I mean, there are tons and tons of opportunities out there and uh it's just you know, it's it, it, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And uh we started this project um a little uh a little over a year ago um uh but again you know like i said i've, I've always had that you know i've always on the uh, i guess on the uh, on the side i've always done something uh, relating to africa but officially officially this uh this movement of this initiative was started uh like a year ago
0: so this week i get the opportunity to dive into the second bottle that was sent through Sip and Share Wines. And the second bottle is a special edition bottle. The artwork on the front is by Deanna Heartbeat Craig. You can find her artwork at uh, dianacraigart.com. This is the Red Moscato. Now, this is for Afrofuturism. Uh, this was a special edition bottle, and so this is something I'm definitely going to uh, keep as a as a keepsake. Uh, this is sweet, light bodied, fruity, and lush on the nose, with flavors of fresh strawberry, raspberry, and cherry on the palate. I look forward to diving into this bottle for the rest of this week here on Black Equity. Now back to the show. So you have an uh, upcoming event uh, in, the, in the next week or so. Yes. Tell us about the conference that you have for Innovate for Africa conference yes. and what is the mission, the vision, uh, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, so,
1: um, I mean, we understand that uh, there are amazing opportunities in Africa. We understand that, you know, the market is out there. Again, like I said, 1.3 billion people, the youngest population in the world, over 500 million plus mobile phones, uh, about 250 to 300 million smartphones. You know, uh, the opportunities are just, it's, it's, it's just huge. Right. So the goal is how do we how do we encourage, you know, uh, corporations, you know, in the West? How do we help them to start thinking outside of the, you know, out of out of the box, outside of the box? You know, because they're used to when they develop things, they develop things for the Western market. And then they try to just shove it down the throats of emerging markets. So it's basically like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. It's not going to work. You know, so how do we encourage these guys to change their processes, to change their mentality and their mindset? And we call that product inclusion. So when you build a product, build it with the global mindset and not necessarily with a, a narrow mindset. You're building it for North America and just Europe. And second is how do we, you know, the goal of the Innovate for Africa is also to showcase. The amazing innovations and, you know, and the entrepreneurs and startups that are, you know, uh, doing amazing things, you know, on the African continent. How do we connect them to some of the resources available? And when I say resources, I don't mean just, uh, you know, funding and investment. I mean, although that's part of it, but also how do we help them? You know, learn from uh, more experienced people, people that have, you know, uh, for example, if you're a, a fintech startup in, in Africa or somewhere in, let's say, Kenya, you know, and you have, uh, let's say, a, a fintech executive who's black, or even if they're not black, but also very fascinated about the, uh, you know, the African economy. How do we connect those people together? You know, because we feel like. Africa has the chance or the opportunity to actually be a lot more successful than Silicon Valley has been, you know, right. 54 countries. And these countries are, I mean, these countries have their, their major markets, you know, when fully developed, these countries, I mean, I just talked about uh, Republic of Congo, Democratic, Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, it's $24 trillion potential. So that, that alone, and that's a small country. So that alone is larger than the American uh, you know, GDP. So imagine now uh, aggregating all of the 54 nations across Africa. Yeah, uh, The economy is huge. Is huge, so uh, that's what we're doing: just showcasing the innovations, connecting people, uh, and also connecting investors, you know, uh, like black investors and just investors who are uh, very passionate about the African economy. Just connecting them to some of the uh, you know opportunities out there in Africa, and that's what the conference is about. Uh, it's about community. It's about uh, you know inclusion. It's about uh, you know uh, financial innovation and inclusion. It's about just uh, connecting. Uh, Blacks in Diaspora It's just bringing everybody all together. So that's what the conference is about. And it's happening uh, next week, October 11 and 12 uh, in Mountain View, uh, Silicon Valley, obviously. Uh, yes. So for people listening in the area, please uh, come
0: through. Definitely. And I know a lot of people are excited about. Uh, Now that they're hearing, this may be their first time hearing it. This is exciting because a lot of people have been wanting to invest uh, in uh, the motherland, uh, what we call it. And so um, I'm definitely excited. and I know, you know, you and I will be staying in contact with each other because when one of these trips where you're going to Ghana or when you're going to one of these uh, countries, you know, I want black equity to, to show up and have those. Uh, you know, a podcast episode from there and learning, and like you said, I'm I'm gonna shut up and, and take in. You know what? Where are we headed? Yeah. Uh, um, you know, not just putting money behind it, but also putting the time and developing those relationships, which is so key. Absolutely. Um, what are some of the in your your view? What are some of the key sectors? I know we talked about mobile phones. What are some of the key sectors that people? Uh, could be excited about when it comes to uh, Ghana, Rwanda, or just different countries, Congo, uh, different countries within Africa?
1: I would say that payment is major. Payment, technology, financial technology, fintech is major. It's keep in mind, you you have 54 countries, 54 countries, and all these guys are trying to transact one way or the other. 54 countries, 1.3 billion people. And there is a lot of a lot of innovations going on in the financial space, you know, in Africa. So that's one area. And the other space is the agricultural space. I mean, Africa is just blessed with the topography, with the you know the climates. Uh, you know, they have so many so many uh, you know crops uh, that uh, that are being planted. And so there's a lot of innovation going on in that space as well. There are a couple of um, and you know, a couple of uh, agricultural technology uh, startups uh, that are actually becoming uh, very major in the area, uh, we're not able to get uh, any one of those guys on for this particular uh, you know episode of the Innovate for Africa conference, but hopefully next year we'll be able to get a whole lot more of those guys. And you know, people are using the way people are using drone technology here. They're using it to do a mapping of the uh, you know of land of farmland and trying to do a scanning of the crops and trying to just it, it's amazing how you know how things are happening and the way Africa is just uh, adapting. Technologies to fit or uh, to solve local problems. So fintech definitely one, agricultural technology another, another area. Then uh, you know there is a lot going on in the oil and gas space as well. You know, it's just I mean, oil and gas is huge. You know, there are a lot of African countries that uh, are you know have large deposits of uh, crude oil uh, Nigeria is an example, Angola is another one, you know, so, uh, there are definitely some innovations happening in that space, then the medical space, uh, uh, to be honest, I think it's just all round, all round. you know, there's a lot of innovations happening and a lot of opportunities out there as well.
0: Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar, uh, with the singer Akon, are you familiar? I know Akon, yeah. Okay, he was talking about investing in Senegal yes. and how uh, that's that's where he is saying everybody should come to. Yeah. Of course, everybody's still been talking about Ghana. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on on what he's been talking about? Uh, do you have any, um, I guess, any thoughts on that?
1: So, uh, I mean, Senegal is one country, right? And people, people. Um, Advertise this country is for so many different reasons right now uh, ACOM may be talking about one specific sector right uh, so for example let's say if you were talking about like innovations in in gas oil and gas, you probably wouldn't be talking about Senegal you probably would be talking about Nigeria and like uh, Angola and things like that, and if you 're talking about like like agricultural technology and innovations, you probably probably talking about Nigeria and Ghana and maybe uh, some parts of Ethiopia, Rwanda. You know, so uh, I don't think he's wrong. You know, about investing in Senegal. Senegal, I'm sure, you know, is a, you know has a huge potential as well. Uh, I think it's also one of the fastest uh, growing economies. But uh, again, I think all of the countries in Africa have the they have huge potentials. You know, this is—I uh, mean, this is literally a place that you can invest your money, and and the you know, in a couple of years, uh, you 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 can multiply your your investment uh, times two or times three. You know, I know startups uh, that that started not too long ago, maybe two, three years ago, and those guys are worth—I don't know—four, or five times they were worth. Two or three years ago, you know, now I'm not saying that now people also have to do the, you know, they have to do their due diligence. I'm not saying just go out there and just start investing into any and every business, you know, there there are certain things. You, know, you have to do your homework as you would here if you were trying to invest in a business here. You'd have to do a lot of homework, you know, your research and you know, before putting your money into anything. So the same should be, you know, the same should be done when you're investing in Africa. You know, I mean, you should in fact do a little more research on on, on investing in Africa because it's an area that people aren't necessarily familiar with. Now, not unless you have somebody who can act as a middleman for you. Uh I'd, I'd say that, you know, before investing, I always say that try to go, even if it's a holiday, you know, a couple of days or one week, go and see how things are and go and see what Africa looks like. You know, once you once you go there for a holiday, uh, you know, for vacation and then you see it and you you are a little more familiar with the people and with how they, you know, how they do things. And then you, you'll be able to have a better idea of what areas to actually invest in. Again, like I said, if you uh, if you have someone or you know a firm that can act as a middleman, then obviously you don't have to go there because you have a representation, you know, that's out there or that has some you know connections out there that can help with the investment.
0: And so. Where do we find that that middleman, or is there are there apps being developed where it kind of centralizes a place that we can go to, you know, invest in startups either through crowdfunding or uh, things like that? I know they have that here. Yes, in, uh, in the states, is, is is something available that is uh, systemized that allows us to do that? Yeah. Has that? Has that been developed yet?
1: Yeah, so there are actually a couple of companies, uh, a couple of apps. Uh, I, there is, for for those who just want to, let's say, capitalize on like agricultural technology, there's actually a a company, uh, called, uh, you know, Complete Farmer in Ghana. Uh, there's another company called, uh, Farm Crowdy in Nigeria. So basically what those, what they do is they have a platform. Uh, you just, uh, let's say I'm, I'm a farmer and I'm trying to plant, I don't know, uh, rice or tomatoes or something and it's gonna cost me let's say two thousand dollars to do that um so uh, uh just an individual investor can come in and say hey you know what i'll i'll fund your your rice plantate unit your rice farm i'll i'll fund that and right after the the you know the rice is you know done maturing and they're ready to sell uh the investor gets their money and also gets a cut I think about 20 percent or 30 percent, you know, depending on the on the on on the on the crop or the, you know, uh, the thing that has been planted. So there's so many different ways. Um, And also we, as you know, Africa, you know, uh, the Innovate for Africa uh, project or team, we're also coming up with uh, an infrastructure platform that will enable people to be, you know, to connect and in in some of his businesses. So that's in development right now. Uh, as soon as we get that up and running, we'd be more than happy to share it with the, you know, with the Black Equity Network uh,
0: team. So who, I, who I'm looking for is you. It's, it's, just, it's just being developed. Yes, correct. Yes. <laughs> the Innovate for Africa Conference is the largest African-focused conference in North America. The conference brings together investors, innovators, Silicon Valley executives, technology corporations, and government agencies converging in Silicon Valley to engage in Africa-focused discussions around startup empowerment, job creation, human capital development, venture capital, artificial intelligence, blockchain, fintech, social innovation, government policies, and much, much more. This event will be held October 11th through 12th at the Computer History Museum in Mountain View, California. Because you're a Black Equity listener, you will receive a discount of 25% off of any tickets that you purchase by using the code BLACKEQUITY25. Once again, that is BLACKEQUITY25. See you at the Innovate for Africa Conference, October 11th through 12th. Now, back to the show. Perfect. That would be yes. Uh, uh, so let me ask this, just to kind of t- touch on something that you and I talked about privately earlier. You said when you um, came to America, yeah. I, I found this very fascinating. Yeah. and so I want people to hear this. You came to America. You went through New York, and then you ended up in California, and you you never even understood the idea of racism until you came here. And and I said, wow, you know, because that's something I've had to deal with my entire life is racism. And so I said in Nigeria, during your time coming up all the way through what we would call high school, uh, was there anything that you experienced that you could say that it was something that you had to fight for or you had to um try to understand on a deeper level or did you just live your life and you didn't have that particular uh, something, uh, something out there for, to try to hold you back in any way? Uh,
1: I honestly I'd say I just lived my life. To be honest, you know, I just lived my life. And like I said, I didn't understand the, the literal meaning of race, like racism. I didn't understand it. You know, I, I think, well, maybe the back then, you know, for me, me growing up, but I'm, I'm sure kids nowadays with the whole, you know, uh, media and everything, you know, social media and things like that. I, I think kids are more so aware now, a lot more aware of, uh, of those things. But back then, I, I didn't know what racism meant until I got here. I think the very uh, first month I got here, I, I heard the word racism, racial profiling, racial bias, probably over a hundred times, you know? And then, you know, I, I started to wonder, you know, I said, you know what, let me take some time and go figure out what this whole race and racism thing is all about. So I did some research and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. So this is what it means. Okay. Mm-hmm. And right. I started to kind of just understand, you know, I started to really uh, pay attention to some of those, some of those signs, because back then I didn't really care. Like I said, I just lived my life. You know, I didn't, we didn't have to worry about much. And it was more so just go to school, graduate, become a doctor, a lawyer, engineer, get a good job. You know, it wasn't a case of, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm scared that the system is going to hold me back type of thing.
0: Right. And, you know, not to say that that's not real, but I, you know, I wonder if more of us adopted that idea of, hey, I'm just going to go full for my dreams, not worry about the system. Not to say that it doesn't exist, because I know people are listening and saying, wait, you know, there is, you know, it does exist. But, uh, I mean, you're living proof (laughs) that um, technically you can... Uh, go build whatever you want to build and nothing held you back.
1: Yes. But so uh, there, there's a difference, uh, honestly, you know, I mean, no, I said there, there's a little bit of a difference, right. And okay. it's thing it's it's a, it's a mindset thing. And I always say that okay. right. there's a, there's a very popular song, uh, of, uh, this, uh, Bob Marley that I, I love so much. Um, it's called redemption song. Um, you know, and there's a there's a there's a verse there, a quote there that says, uh, you know, emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. You know, uh, that is a very powerful uh, thing for me because I, I think a lot of the things holding us back. Again, we're not saying that. I'm not saying that. You know, there aren't societal or social uh, pressures and uh, right. systems. You know, that are necessarily. You know, that are holding us back. But I think majority of the things that we face that is really, really, truly holding us back as a people, I think it is that mental slavery, you know, not unless we break out of it, you know, it's going to be hard. And I always use the example of, and it's not going to be easy. And yeah, to be honest, it's it's going to, it's going to take a collective, collective work. You know, I use the case of, uh, you know, uh, let's say a pet, or let's say, uh, you know, a, a, a dog, just an analogy here. And you have a leash, you know, around the dog's neck, you know, and every time the dog tries to pull off, that leash keeps pulling it back for years and years and years. And finally, when you take off that leash, that dog is not going to leave that radius. Right. Because it's been conditioned, you know, to just stay within that, you know, that uh, radius. Not unless something drastic happens that pushes that pet out of that perimeter, out of that radius, there's a very high chance that 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 pet will always stay within that that area so and that's why I feel like we all have to come together as black people just we need to help each other uh, you know just help each other up, you know, encourage one another and just be partners and be friends, and just collaborate together and I, I feel that's the only way that we can solve some of these problems.
0: I agree. I agree. I'm all for collaboration as long as it's with people who share the same principles uh, and is going towards the same direction. I'm all for collaboration. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, So one last time uh, for those listening, when is the event going to happen? And then uh, at the end of this, I'll give them some information of uh, how they can uh, potentially Uh, work with Black Equity Network to receive tickets. Yes. So uh, one more time uh, about the event.
1: So the event is called Innovate for Africa Conference. It's happening uh, October 11 and 12. Uh, If you're not able to make it on the 11th, uh, that's fine. 11th is more so a social networking session. It's not really a big deal Saturday. That's going to be the major day. Uh, And uh, it's, again, like I said, October 11 and 12th. Uh, that's friday and saturday next week so if you're around if you're in the area if you're not in the area but can still make it please you know come through the topic is the theme is you know uh technology and innovation as catalyst uh for uh the african economic development that's the theme uh we'll be having some startups you know some execs you know a few uh government folks you know coming to talk and just people just That are experts in their field, you know, coming to talk. And the goal of the Innovate for Africa uh, initiative, a 10 year plan, is to enable 5 million jobs across the African continent. Uh, That's a goal. And, uh, you know, and we definitely would like to partner with people and
0: organizations,
1: agencies. Uh, If you would like to just walk with us on this journey, please reach out to us.
0: Definitely. Well, you already know you have uh, a strategic partner in Black Equity Network, and we're looking forward to working with you in any capacity that is suitable. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Bio, for coming coming on Black Equity Podcast, uh, and uh, I'll be sure when this episode airs to uh, include the information for how they can. Uh, receive tickets through by listening to this podcast. Awesome, awesome,
1: awesome! And finally, just one last thing. I just wanted to say, you know, for people, and I say people for blacks, you know, uh, of African descent, that will, you know, in in America, and Europe, that are scared to go home. And when I say home, I mean Africa. <laughs> yeah. uh, there are tons of people from other parts of the world, Western countries, Asia, you know, Asia, that are in Africa. That are living there and claiming it as home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what I heard? I heard that there's people in Europe who vacation in Africa, you know, during their downtime, you know, they'll live in Europe. And then like for us, like we would vacation in the Bahamas for them. Their Bahamas is uh, whatever they choose it to be in a country in Africa. Yes.
1: Yes. And, you know, there's literally there's nothing that you can get in Spain or in, in, in the Caribbeans, you know, that you cannot get in Africa. Africa, if you like if you like the coastal slash, you know, beachfront type of, you know, type of places, there are lots of them out there. You know, and I was, I was actually, when I was in Ghana, I met a couple, I, I saw a couple of people, you know, from uh, Dutch, Germans, Italians, you know, Spaniards. And you know, I actually engaged one in a conversation. I said, hey, you know, what's going on? And he says, hi, how are you? And I said, like, you know, uh, you know, how long have you been in Ghana? And he says, oh, I've been in Ghana for about 16 years. And he says, oh, this is home. And guess what? As crazy as it sounds, that's home for him. Right. And if people, you know, uh, who are, you know, Caucasians are going and tapping into the resources and the investments over there and calling it home, then we as black people, we shouldn't have a choice. You know, we shouldn't even think twice. Again, like I said, you know, you can go first, uh, just go visit. You know, a couple of days, a week vacation. There's so amazing places in Ghana you can go to and just relax and just, you know, get to know Ghana. Amazing places you can go to in Rwanda, you know, and there's also amazing places you can go to in Nigeria, especially if you have people or, you know, friends and, uh, you know, connections that you can you know, that can show you around. I think that's, that's amazing. So first is go there on vacation. That's a couple of days. And, uh, you know, come back and, you know, and try to go back maybe every, I don't know, two or three years. You know, then you have a better understanding of what Africa really is. And you will know that it's totally different from what we've been told.
0: Right. And, you know, if you if you come across anyone who's willing to come on the podcast and start talking about these different places. Like if you know someone who understands travel in Africa and and vacations and maybe has a company that does that, the the door is open, man. I I would love for them to just come on and and have those conversations so we can plug people into the right people to work with. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I think I have a couple of folks in mind. I just have to kind of reach out to them and
0: see what what they're up to. And
1: uh, I'll definitely let you know.
0: Thank you once again. Uh, Thank you for coming on Black Equity Podcast. This has been a very fruitful conversation, and I'm glad we got our technology working so we can have this conversation. Thank you very
1: much, TJ. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I think this conversation is a pivotal conversation in the culture. And I believe that anyone out there who's not having this conversation on their YouTube, or their podcast, or whatever platform that they have, they're doing a disservice to the listener. This is the conversation that we need to be having. And maybe it just so happens that uh, it has to be here on Black Equity Podcast, where we are documenting the wealth of Black culture. I thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, make sure you leave comments. And let us know what did you think about this this topic. Do you you know do you agree with what you heard? Do you disagree? Are you wanting to be involved? Uh, how do you how involved do you want to be? Let us know. Send us a message over at uh, Black Equity Network on Instagram. Let's get connected. Uh, also, there will be an opportunity for you to uh, reach out to me directly uh, in the near future. So stay tuned to that. And I look forward to. Uh, you know, the next episode and let's continue the conversation on a deeper level. Uh, And so until next time, thank you for being a Black Equity listener and thank you for tuning into the podcast.